good afternoon and good evening and welcome to Takeout, the show that brings you all things Asian. Thank you very much for listening to my previous podcast. We had Jasmine Trey on the first one, Mitch Lau on the second, and this week we have a lovely, lovely lady. We shall reveal her in a second. So whether you're walking, running, on the bog, or self-isolating, stay tuned. Who do we have this evening? I have once again triumphed with inviting myself around the host's house, doing a little bit of house inspection, and trying to get involved in their business. Perched here with a lovely lady. I'll let her introduce herself. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I'm Momo. My name is Momo. Momo Young. Were you born Momo? Or is Momo short for something? Momo is short for something, yes. What's the full version? Um, so I usually never reveal, reveal this, my real name. Okay. But um, recently I just thought... I am. <laughs> I thought script. Actually, just just last year, I just thought actually, I don't mind. So my real name is Maureen Maureen Young. Oh. Yeah. And when did you start with the Momo? Um, when I was in my early twenties in Canada, my friends started calling me Mo. Mm. And then I went to uh, uh, Manchester in UK at uh, Northern Ballet School. I started training there. Uh, when I was, I think, 22 or something. And um, you know, like, when you make a mistake in class, like, the teacher yell at you, mm. and the teacher would be like, Maureen. Because the way they say it in Canada, Canada is like, Maureen. But in UK, it's like, Maureen, Maureen. And I just got really, sounds, really annoyed. It sounds really draggy, doesn't it? Maureen. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> F, F, S. So, um... And the reason why I have changed the name, and I don't think I really told many people, and I've kept this like a little vulnerable secret, but now I just thought, you know what, it's time to say. (laughs) Um, So when I first started, uh, because I was not trained um, when I was young, because like a lot of Asian dancers, they were trained like, when they were in their mother's womb, right? Mm, mm. And I was like trained when I was started training. I think um, when I was eighteen, just very amateurly. Mm. Yeah. So all the students in the school who are Asians are amazing. Like they're usually Japanese Badass, yeah. or like from China, mm. and they're like amazing. Train, train yeah, like communist cool. crazy dance academy <laughs> and you know Japanese like just, just amazing. Mm. So. I was the only one that look, looked like them, but mm. I was shit. Mm. So I thought maybe if I changed my name to like Japanese sounding like, then at least that would make me, maybe my technique will uh, catch up. That's so cute. <laughs> or uh, yeah, just something like that. And because I'm from Hong Kong, so I have like an English, so it's like Maureen. Because mm. uh, usually people from China, they have names like Min Shuan, or if you translate my name to Mandarin, it'll be like Min Shuan or something. Mm. Or Manhin, right? So. Momo's so, given us a life yeah. history. I don't mind. I'm quite enjoying this. I'm that's, sipping my cup of tea. Yeah, that's why I um, changed it to Momo as my stage name. Momo works really, really well. It's got like a, it's got like a buzz and a hit to it. 
And also, I can imagine your mum telling you off. Mama! It doesn't... Wash the sheets. Yeah, it takes... Mama! Oh, my mum doesn't call me mum. Now, now they do. It took, it took her like 10 years to, to kind to of... call you mama. Yeah. I think Momo helps so, so much. It softened the blow. It's so, so much more chilled as well. Maureen is much more... Serious. Who is right? Maureen? So I've so never heard of anyone called... I mean, I have, but they're quite... They're not, not me. Who is Maureen? Can our listeners help us? Who the F is Maureen? If anyone's wondering, we are keeping to our two-metre distance in this current climate. Momo has introduced me to the house with hand sanitizer, politely opened her door, made me wash my hands. Um, I've come back in, washed my hands again. Um, my hands are parched, but we won't dwell on that. I tell you, I'm, I don't think I'm the only one, but my hands are going to need like a skin transplant after all of this yes. hand washing, right? Like, it's getting crazy. We thought we might bless you in these times of boredom and self-isolation where, let's face it, you're at home when I ask guys what they're doing at home, they're like, yeah, I'm reading. I'm like, no, you're not reading. You're wanking. Like, that is what you're doing. People have underestimated how much home time is needed and how bored people get at home, right? You're going to self-isolate for three months and you're telling me that you're going to be productive. I mentioned that at work today and I was like, yeah, like half the guys are going to be at home masturbating and the girl's like, what makes you think that the female population is any different? I gotta say, I was stumped. I was like, I don't really know what to say to that one. I can't really talk about I have like 100 million things I would love to do. She says that, and then I said to her, oh, shall we get the recording going? And she's like dancing around her flat. She's like putting stuff away. I'm like, oh my God, how busy are you, honestly? When I asked Momo to come do this podcast, I think she was very, very endearing. <laughs> we met in a cafe in Soho, and she was covering her mouth the whole time. Oh my God. What is going on? And you know when you either address the elephant in the room or you silently just shut up and get on with it? Um, I think Momo addressed it for me. Momo, would you like to explain what happened during that time? Well, I had a dentist appointment before I met Ollie and I didn't know that uh, I was going to get anaesthetics that day. So the, I could not move my top lip and I was going to call... So I, I talked to my dentist. I was like... So how long will this go on for? And he was like, mm, three, four hours, and then it'll go down. And I'm like, oh, oh, no. Perfect timing. It's supposed to be Ollie in like one hour. So I text him. And I'm like, um, are you like just maybe canceling, right? Mm. And, then, and then he was like, oh, he's already around there. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I said, I, I just want to let you know this is the case. And I can't move my top lip. I can still talk. But I will look like RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> or she, just someone who has, like, massive Botox on her top lip. She looked banging, as per usual. Apart from covering her whole mouth the whole time speaking to her, <laughs> it was absolutely fine. If you see Momo in the street, you'll, she'll stop you in your tracks. She's a beautiful lady. That's very um, kind of you. And I'm not saying that lightly. She's a wonderful lady. And I guess that's also been exemplary in her career. I mean, Momo's a dancer, but I think what made me want to get her on the podcast is the fact that she's recently been uh, Netflixing or appearing on our Netflix screens. And I think that's so, so cool. Momo, tell me about your initial journey because you weren't always an actor, were you? No. I, when I say started acting, it's like when I... I didn't, aim, I didn't even aim to be like acting. Mm. It just kind of happened like naturally. I think 2016-ish. Mm. Yeah, when I left um, Lion King. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then is that is that about four years ago then? Almost, yeah. 
yeah, three and a half, four years ago. Mm. The, doing the acting now, yeah. How did you how did you get into Netflix? How did you break that? Yeah. Um, so before I got that job, um, so I uh, I played Queen Ming, Christmas movie for Netflix called The Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. That's my biggest role uh, so far. <laughs> The start of Just many big start. roles, and before that, um, I think when I when I think after Lion King, I was like, hmm, what should I do? Uh, I was still auditioning for musicals and stuff, and I did, I did audition for one musical. In during that audition, I was auditioning for um, a dancer. I got like I felt like the universe slapped my face and be like, yeah, don't yeah, don't want to be here, girl. <laughs> Even if you know, like, because it was like a dancer audition, and we have mm-hmm. to like put our hands in certain position and I was like stood there for ages and I'm like I used to do this I've always done this like for a long time you know like dancers like you know mm. but then I'm like I don't want to do this anymore because I could see all the other y- younger girls like really mm. like I'm not gonna move you know mm. and they're like holding it I'm like I'm tired girl <laughs> did that shock you did that shock you from being doing that for a long time to suddenly the light switch flicking and being like oh like I'm done it didn't shock me. I really, I think it was already happening, but I just never really realized it. Mm. I always have to maneuver my career because I started really late. Like I said before, I started professional dance training mm. at Northern Ballet School when I was 22 or 23. Mm. So that's very late. But you probably still look 10. <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so I started like so. I first did business when I was uh, at university because mm. I'm Chinese, you see. Mm. So um, I wanted to be a ballerina. That's what I ri- originally wanted to do. And then or when a billionaire. I, yeah, <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know, like when I was um, when I was starting to realize that I don't have the facility, and I was already twenty four, twenty five when I you know, was training. And it's like, if you want to become a ballerina, mm. you have to really be really, really good. Mm. And I wasn't really, really good. Not at that level, right? Mm. So, but I was still really good, you know? Mm. And then I just thought, you know what? What can I do? In the ballet school, they put limits on students. I hope not anymore. Mm. But when I when back in the day, like, they make the ballet student think, you have to get into the ballet company. Mm. Otherwise, you will have nothing. Mm. Instead of encouraging them to go, you must also do other type of dance like mm. jazz, contemporary. Nowadays, like do you think ballroom. It's, do, you think, do you think it's so interesting that I'm sure it's the same in other industries and that are not creative, but you're funneled into a, a one-line stream? They like labeling you. They love to put people like to put boxes on in pe- uh, onto people. Mm. That's why I say I'm an artist mm. or I'm a perf- uh, they'll be like, oh, what kind of artist? I say I'm a, I'm a performing artist, even though I'm an actor, mm. because I can do a lot of other things. Like I'm not going to limit myself. Mm. You like to have that versatility, knowing that you can break into ballet one minute, then you can become a podcaster the next minute or you yeah, can the freedom. an actor the next minute. Yeah, you, you mm. should give yourself that freedom and not always box People can label you, but you must not label yourself, mm. right? Mm. The thing that strikes me with Momo is that she, I'm sure you'll agree with me, that um, she has a very fighting attitude, and I love that about you. And I think maybe a part, of that, maybe a part of that comes with experience. 
of knowing who you are and what you want. When we talked about your Netflix documentary and I asked you whether you were nervous, your reply was no. Why weren't you nervous? I shot my first scene in the movie. Before I did that movie, I've done like two other TV jobs, much smaller role. Mm. And so I did have some experience, you know, on set and stuff. But this one is Not like... Not as big, right? That was my first film. The other one, were, the other two were like t- uh, television. So mm. it, was, it was my first film. And it was like there was, there was I don't know, maybe about 100 something people on set, mm. you know, plus extras and stuff and the staff, mm. like the crew, sorry. Mm. It was just me and the other, and, and the lead, leading uh, lady. And it's just me and her talking in the scene. It's like I've never done it. And I did whisper to her, you know, I, I did say, like, this is my first time, kind of, like, but, but it's like, yeah, just relax. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm good. Because, like, this is it, you know, like, sometimes when that moment hit you, don't, don't take it so seriously. Don't be like, oh, my God, this is happening. It's like, chill. Say if you want to be big shot, you better act like it, honey girl. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. if you want to be, like, a big movie star or whatever, then act like it. Mm. Do big movie stars get all, like, they just chill. It's like when I was doing dancing uh, in musicals, the West End stage. Mm. Like before I got those jobs, if I didn't dance in class, a uh, dance class, go to ballet class, mm. if I don't pretend that I'm dancing on the big stage, it's not going to happen. Mm. You know, if I get all nervous and scared and complain, and it's like just chill. Because mo- most people, I, I, I really get really inspired when I see m- all my friends are so talented, like incredibly talented. But they're the most down to earth and chill people. There is no stress. Because mm. a lot of people in, because you know, the competition is so high and they, mm. they kind of get into this worry like, oh, you, you, are you getting anything? Are you getting any auditions? Or that kind of stuff, you know. Mm. It's like if you don't live in that bubble mm. you can live in an, another bubble where mm. everything is fabulous and you're just chilling and it's it's your birthright to show talent that the universe given you mm-hmm. this is what you're meant to do there's no if you keep thinking there's lack then there is lack mm. this is like it's actually what you're meant to do mm. having that confidence is very very inspiring because i think it takes years to develop that doesn't it it takes years to understand who you are as a person. And I think I say this generally, it takes years to understand who you are as a person, what you're capable of, what you need work on, but also how to own it. And I think it's so inspiring that you can turn up and be like, listen, this is me, take me as I am. I ain't changing. This is me, I'm gonna rock it and boom. Yeah, like own it, like you said, right? Mm. Because that's your gift. Like you're supposed to give your gift to the world. Mm. That's your job. So and she says that with like clicky fingers if that didn't turn <laughs> on the microphone. <laughs> After you did, did that on Netflix, did you feel like, did you feel inspired to do more? Feel like, oh, this is me done? Or did you think... Oh, no way, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm th- I, I always think I'm just really green still. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know that I have amazing experience and training from being in the Lion King for so long. I saw myself grow as from a young woman to like a, a more empowered and less, I, I just, I found myself during that 
period, mm. you know. And the being a perform doing eight shows, eight shows a week really builds your character, mm -hmm. you know. Mm. Of course, I had like breakdowns and all that stuff uh, earlier. You know, mm. I think I changed my life three and a half years ago. I I changed my mindset, yeah, because mm. mm. all that all the, all the stuff that I say about lack and limitations, I was that. Mm. Yeah, I was that. I was worried all the time. I panicked. I came from a place of lack and limitations. And then I realized, I went to a place and I think, well, life isn't supposed to be so hard. So then I, then I realized my life, I felt my life was so hard and so such a struggle because I realized I chose it to be a struggle. Because mm. when I was growing up, you know, you see all these X Factor shows or those kind of comp real, reality, reality shows. shows. It's like... You gotta fight for your dreams. You gotta hold on tight to your dreams and you gotta try, you gotta try, try. And then now I realize you don't need to try. Anytime you think you're trying, you need to stop because you're trying too hard. Mm. You know that saying, you are enough? Mm. That's when you apply it. Mm. But then they're like, no, I have to try. It's like, no, you, got, you gotta apply it. So it's, ju it's just that I changed my mindset. So now I'm, I'm doing more acting now and I, I consider myself super green, you know? When you say super green, do you mean organic? <laughs> no, I'm. Do you, <laughs> you're so funny. Oh my god! If I have a symbol, I'll be like. Okay, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I, was, I, I am, I am very inexperienced, but I learn fast. Yeah, mm. I learn super fast, mm. and I and I'm very good at taking directions, and because I am willing to let go of everything I know. Mm. I'm not precious about anything. I have my own opinions and I have my uh, interpretations of pieces and stuff, mm. but I'm not afraid to jump into the un unknown and areas. discover more. Because I guess you did that when you were younger, right? I mean, you said you were a business student. I mean, now you'd be working at Deloitte if it weren't for any other issue, right? <laughs> if it weren't for your passion for dance, you'd be sitting at an office desk in Deloitte. Am I wrong? I, I would be very m miserable. Mm. I probably... <laughs> I've, uh, yeah, it, I would went down another road. If I was in Deloitte, mm. I would be like in their basement filing like <laughs> and trying to sleep my way up. <laughs> Boom. That's what, Tip to everyone, sleep your way up. That's what I would have ended up. Yeah, I wouldn't make it to ground floor. I just walk. In. I have another special staff entrance that goes down. <laughs> Yeah. Momonos. Momonos are chicks of the yeah. trade, honestly. Like, how did they even get that? Because <laughs> most of my friends in Canada, they are so, like, they're very talented and they, they love what they do. And it's like business, is, it's quite a big thing. And mm. they've always enjoyed what they're doing. And when I was student, like, and I, when I was with them, mm. you know, I just like, I'm like, they are really enjoying this stuff and I'm not, you know. Mm. The only thing that I enjoyed in business stuff was the presentations. Mm. Because I see people doing presentations and I'm like, and I just think, well, I think I can do better. And also you're like, what on earth is she wearing? Tell you wear something, put something a bit on that. Am I wrong? <laughs> back then I haven't, I haven't, um, I wasn't that judge. <laughs> Judgy. She, was, she wasn't that judgy. I haven't learned how to be that judgy. No. <laughs> now she's no. super judgy. I'm not judgy. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I keep things to myself. <laughs> I remember when you were telling me about business school and going to dance school. You came from a very traditional Chinese family. How did they take that change in terms of going from business and having that prescribed outlook like many uh, ethnic families do you know their parents have this prescribed yes, outlook yeah. of their kid going to uni getting a nine to five 
being in that job, marrying, having kids, and then dying. Yes, and then dying. <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. Really... <laughs> no, that's really good. In the current wake of what's going on, I shouldn't be saying that. It almost is the prescribed route. How did your mum take it? Oh, when I told her I wanted to dance. Yeah, when you told her you wanted to dance. No way. Um, I I lied to my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think she'll listen to this <laughs> podcast, so I think it's fine. I won't. I won't put it in the description. Um, because she doesn't have Spotify, you see, so she won't be able to hear this. You're saved. Huh? You're saved. <laughs> well, you know, at this time, you know, might as well. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. And and you know what would be surprising? She might she might listen to it and she'll be like, I knew you were lying all along. Oh, really? They it, say mums have a maybe. sixth sense, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's one of those things. Yeah. What did you lie to her about? I was in business school. So in Canada and university, I think it's four years. Mm. So, the, so the first two years, it was general studies. So you can take kind of anything you like. And then for the next, for the last two years, I think you go into your major. Mm. So I picked business major. Mm. And I didn't go in straight away. I took it an extra year because my marks weren't, weren't good enough. Mm. I think I failed accounting 101 so many times that I had to go to a dean's office and like, Back to be able to take it again and she was like okay you know and I'm like okay <laughs> and then I st- just made it you know it was during a class on human resource mm. uh, I remember the instructor her name was Gaynor mm. it's, it's, it's a unique name and a uh, human resource class um, we played a game I think it was like keep asking yourself what makes you what do you want to do what do you want to do and you keep narrowing it down t- so then you find the core value of what you you find you your want. yeah your value mm. and at the end mine was happy mm. just i just want to be happy mm. and oh my god like it kills me like when i think about it because that moment i'm like that's when i decided to not pursue business mm. I, I switched my minor to dance many people laughed in my face they're like so you're doing business major and a dance minor so you're going to be a dance manager mm. like many people laughed and that's fine, you know, because I was so new. I, I didn't know people were laughing, you know. I just keep getting loads of um, unintentional co- limiting comments that make me feel um, that I can't do something. Mm-hmm. But I was still new to these criticisms, you see. Mm-hmm. I was So I wasn't aware that I was being, like, people were being, like, Judgy. unintentionally hurting someone, you know. I liked my mom because for my third year, I've this, I, I saw this... Um, exchange program mm. and I've always wanted to go to England mm. that's because of a boy back then <laughs> um, As are all the yeah good I, I lied so many times so I lied that I'm going to England for this cultural exchange thing mm. but I was actually going with a guy whom I met on the internet <laughs> uh, he just he took me to England he he's English and he um, yeah and so I came to England and as a tourist. And I actually did watch The Lion King as a tourist, you know. Oh, interesting. Um, and I thought, oh, that gazelle is so cute, you know, like in the, in the finale. Yeah. And then I was that, I was that first thing, you know, yeah. in the end. Um, so I lied, not just that, uh, not just a trip. I actually got myself to do an exchange program. So I went to Manchester. They, they, they only had Manchester and Glasgow available. Mm. So I picked Manchester because it was closer to London mm. or something. Mm. And uh, I was doing business school there the, the, for one semester. And during that semester, I took amateur class 
in Northern Ballet School in the evening. I met someone who is an angel, and she is also a student in the teacher's course. She paid for my audition fee, because my mom wouldn't give me. It was like 50 pounds to audition. And she, sh she showed me that if she can do it, I can do it. Mm. And I went to audition, and I got, in, got an offer place to study there, to train there, yeah. What did your mom think of dance? Uh, as a hobby, yeah, as something that make you more, a quality so that you can attract men at better suit. Because I, I uh, was a piano, piano teacher. Mm. I, was, uh, uh, I, t I took dance classes, like, as a child, uh, tennis lessons, you know, like English le lessons, like speech lessons, that kind of thing. So but, she was like, I will let you do dance if you find yourself a man. Was that Yeah, the it's kind of to make my daughter more, um, more, like more quality to her on top of her great education. She can also dance. Oh, she can also sing. It's kind of like, not a courtesan. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, um, look how talented my daughter is. Right. And right. you understand, like, yeah. this. My mom is not not as uh, hardcore as some other moms, actually. I mm. think, yeah. The so-called tiger moms. Yeah, my I, my mom was not a tiger mom. Yeah. Mm. Do you think your mom thought that it was because of the sake of a man that she she wanted to make you more desirable and palatable for a man, or was it because she just wanted to build you as a person? To build me as, as a person, and I wouldn't say a man, but I think it's. As a person, yeah, mm. and maybe maybe a little bit so that I'm more attractive qualities, yeah. yeah. And and what did she say when you when she found out that you did dance? What was her response? Uh, no, she was like, no. I I always got, I remember this email when I emailed her that I got the offer, mm. and she emailed me back. It said, um, uh, Northern Ballet School is just a dream. Um, yeah, that's it. Like you know. Was that upsetting? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Like I was devastated, uh, devastated mm. because we pay a lot of money to train in arts. I think more than a lawyer, but the outcome is like the the earning power after that is like such a huge discrepancy. Mm. And so of course not. They don't want me to. They because they have no because Asian parents, majority of them I guess I don't know. I could speak for my parents only. Mm. They don't know how this industry works. Yeah. So, and I didn't know back in the day. So if I couldn't really explain everything, then how would they know? Why don't you think that they know how the industry works? Because there's not enough people in, in, in our industry that is doing this. Mm. It, like lots of accountants, so they know how it works. There's just not enough actors, dancers, singers, writers, anything that is creative and it's like a freelance mm. uncertainty kind of like in Chinese, it's, they just want like a, a income that is stable. Stable mm. income is like the the a major force for my parents' generation. Yeah. So if you want to to do anything that is doesn't guarantee you a stable income, it's like, are you crazy? Too much risk. Too yeah. much risk. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because they take the risk of moving from their homeland to another country, Absolutely. take all the risk in the world, including their life, including their housing including having kids in a foreign country and i guess they put all of their eggs in one basket and they don't want to take any chances so i can see that in a sense but also that immediately puts a restriction on their child and their child is not gonna match up to their prescribed role that they want from them you know each child is going to be different and they're going to want completely different things 
I think it's admirable that you did that and you lied. I think to do that, to get to where you are today, because otherwise you would have still been in business school, you know, and to move that, to make that step is incredibly, it's awesome. Thank you. I think when you're young, when you're young and you just, you just have to like, there's an inner knowing. I mean, it's been so long, but I remembered that if I wanted something, Mm. I mean, there's no way I could have got it because how could I have persuaded my mom to give me the money for the tuition Mm. it's not like i can just do it myself you know Mm. what would you say to asian girls who are thinking of pursuing dance but are having the same issue where their parents don't acknowledge the arts what would you say i i I think you just have to like check in with yourself and check in with your inner knowing is that passion passion because i was ready to give everything for it like I I remember like I worked really hard to get there. Like I learned point work by myself with a v- with a VHS video. Mm. You know, like I didn't have any lesson. And if you're like doing some crazy stuff because you want something, then you should go for it. And if there's an inner nudge, that's it. You that's it's really simple. If that nudge inside you, if you feel that, then you just go for it. And don't. Give yourself any expectations. Don't say, now, if we're gonna if we're gonna let you do this, you better be the best. You better No. Don't give don't put that pressure on yourself. Because if you don't give yourself that freedom, that space to slay, okay, quote, to slay, mm. if you put pressure on yourself, then you won't you won't enjoy the slaying. <laughs> you won't enjoy much. the process, right? And it's all about the process rather than the destination. You would, you would give yourself unnecessary limitations. You would give yourself pressure that might stop you from um, getting to your goals faster, mm. if that makes sense. Boom. To all those girls out there thinking about it, do it. Take yeah. Momo's advice. Send her a DM. What's your, yes. what's your Insta? At Momo Young. Spell. M-O-M-O-Y-E-U-N-G. Boom. <laughs> Any girls out there wondering? Check in with Momo. I'm, she's badass and she's lovely and she's beautiful and she'll have a giggle with you. <laughs> Momo says that she is a Chinese person, but she does not agree with being a Chinese foodie. Oh my god. Momo, where have you been? How, how have you not been a foodie? What is going on? I am the only person I know. The Chinese person that is not into, not a foodie foodie. Like, I'm speechless. I'm speechless too. <laughs> I've just, only you made me realize it. But you, I remember you saying to me that you thought Wag- Wagamama's was the pinnacle of Asian cuisine. I didn't say that. <laughs> Stop it. I didn't say that. I knew, I knew that wasn't. Because <laughs> you know someone when someone... that would be a... Sin. That is a sin. That is a cardinal. But we love busaba. We love busaba. <laughs> yeah, actually, I dig busaba. Busaba's there. Busaba's like the only chain where I think, actually, you know, it's, it's actually okay. Yeah, like, you really guys good. rock. Yeah. yeah, so Momo doesn't do foodie stuff. Not even bubble tea. You don't even do bubble tea, right? No. I used to, like, maybe oh, so long, maybe when it first came out. Mm. When it was first cool, Momo rocked with it. But now, because it's too mainstream, she's... She's not bothered with it. Yeah, when it came out in 1915, I had a go with it. But then I was like, nah. Now you're like, I ain't doing this food shit no more. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do you cook? I, 
<laughs> I do. I mean, cooking as in making something for yourself to eat, right? Yeah, like making something for yourself to eat. Yeah, I make stuff for myself to eat. <laughs> I do. I do make. I, you know, I have pictures of some food that I made. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, um, if you ask me to improv cooking, not not really. I feel like my journey in life is to make Momo a Chinese foodie to make sure that her stomach is just filled with all Asian stuff so that she turns it into a foodie rather than now where she's like, no, I don't eat, I don't eat, I don't like eating. But she's she's like, oh, no, not too much. Never queued for any food. In, in You've never queued for any no. food? No. Like, you know, like you walk past some Korean ban thing mm. and, you know, and I'm like, Oh, Don't. I've I've queued. queued. I've queued before. I'm not sure it's been worth it, but that supports your argument, so I'm not really going to go into that. It's probably worth it, yeah. It's I'm, probably worth I'm it. I'm just not, I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't, no queuing for anything. Mum is like, my life is too short for this. I ain't queuing for this. And I'm drawing back to what we were talking about before about not fitting into a box. This is like press release. Momo's group of fellow acting buddies who she now adores as friends are actually setting up their own podcast and... Little unbeknown to me, Momo raps. Would you like to confirm or deny that statement, Momo? Oh, yeah, definitely. Momo raps, right? It's um, not a secret, hun. <laughs> All right. All right, so she's getting sassy now. So now I'm going to put Momo on the spot. So Momo has a... Okay. But I'm not gonna. No, she's gonna do a verse. One verse. It wouldn't make sense. It will make sense. So, she, so before this, I said to Momo, will you rap for me? And she goes... Ah, uh, no, no, no. And I was like, Mama, you absolutely killed it. You just rapped to me and it blew me. And also with this coronavirus, we all need some cheering up. So I'm just going to keep quiet till she starts rapping. Okay, so some friends and I, uh, we worked in a production called White Pearl in uh, at the Royal Court Theatre last year. We met on the second floor dressing room. And I mean, all of us, the whole cast has become so good friends and close and it, it, that was actually an amazing experience. I've never worked in a cast where there are six strong Asian females mm. that leads the show and one uh, male. The director, the writer are, are female, our um, stage manager, deputy stage manager, all female. There was one um, amazing guy that was in the crew. Mm. Why did you find that amazing? Why did you that, vibe with that? That experience was so empowering because mm. first... First of all, it's like an six Asian females, and I've never actually been in a company where it's just Asian, mainly an Asian cast. Mm. Yeah. Uh, after I did that play, I did another play after that was uh, Wild Goose Dreams at Theatre Royal Bath. That one was uh, I did work with uh, Asian cast, mm. and that was. But my first experience was at the Royal Court uh, with uh, White White Pearl. Um, but these women, they inspired me so much because we all come from very different walks of life. But we have similar things to talk about, about being an Asian woman. Mm. It's, it was just so interesting. And everyone there was so, like I said, we were all in the tribe that is like really chilled. Mm. That tribe where we we're very focused when we work. But then when we're not working, we're chilled and we don't talk about. There is no lack and limitation. Mm. That's what I perceive, you know, um, in that play. I felt like that really raised me up because I felt like if I don't raise my game, then being in that company, 
and that was my first play as well. I've never done a play before. Mm. And that was my first play. And I just felt so empowered because in the dressing room, honestly, during that experience, I felt like I had a voice because usually I am an ensemble dancer and I don't have a voice. Nobody come up to you and say thank you. You know, it's always a group thing. Mm. What's your thank you? Your paycheck is your thank you, you know? Mm. And as an ensemble dancer in in the musical you don't you don't really have a voice to like you, you can you can like kind of give your take on things you know but um you know it, it is what it is you know mm. however like so when i first got a chance to do that play you know we really explore lots of stuff and my opinions mattered and i was like wow people actually listened to me i would never had it for all these years as a dancer we don't sit around and people asking you how you feel about a certain thing mm. or how do you feel about your character because it, perhaps it's not necessary, right? These things you just do yourself, you know. Mm. But when you're doing a play and, and we're also we also created, uh, it's a world premiere as well, so mm. we're creating our own characters. Mm. That for me was just like liberating. Yeah, and I always remember when I was in the musical that... Someone did came to me one day mm -hmm. and told me I was doing well, and I would never forget that. Mm. And that person has is always in my heart. So like when people give you, when people sh are kind to people, mm. and, and that feels really nice. Because when you work with a big company, it's okay because um, I don't ex I expect any special attention. But mm. when people do give you kind attention, you know, kindness is infectious, isn't kindness it? Kindness yeah. is everything, and it's good karma yeah. as well. Being kind to one another is very, very important. Especially in that sphere. I think it's so important that you said that you had a voice and maybe it's because you had a individualized character, but maybe in what I think could contribute is the fact that you're around empowering women. Those women who made are, it, who are, really. And it's, and it's beautiful to see people of color on stage, I think, yeah. and having an audience reflective of that, you know, because you have... The reason I went to see it, I'm not going to lie, is because I saw Asian women on stage, people who looked like my family and I thought yeah let's see them kick ass let's see them yeah. you know and I think that's so important to have that because not only are you inspiring yourself one another you're also inspiring the crowd yeah. noting that there will be that 15 year old in the crowd who is doing business or who has been channeled into business and deep down they're like oh, I would love to do something like this you know yeah. but not have that not have that outlook yeah I I felt really great at kicking ass mm. in and i i only was able to do it because the other women were we were all like lifting each other up mm. and we have huge respect for each other mm. even though we come from very different backgrounds and have very different um experiences and nobody was nobody was there, there was no shade mm. yeah mm. do you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah do you find it different knowing that you have six Asian women around you compared to if you had six men around you, for example? Definitely. Um, because we have like, a, we do something called like a table, table work um, before you get into the, you know, like setting yourself in the rehearsals. Mm. And we did lot, lots of discussions, mm. just the just the general vibe, like going into a workplace where the majority of people are women mm. and not just the cast, but, you know, behind the, the scene as well mm. um, you know because the war wardrobe the set designer is also Asian female mm. the sound designer is also Asian female mm. 
director, to see, isn't it? Yeah, director, mm. like all of us, mm. you know. And that creates such a great. It's very different. So there is the ego level is so different compared to um, being in a more male-dominated environment. Mm. It, the ego, there's the male, the male ego, and if there is a male in the room or. People just act differently. Mm. If there's more male and they have more power, which is usually the case, there's mm. the usual case is that they are male and they have more power than you. Um, do you know what I'm talking about when I say females traditionally kind of in a situation where they fight against each other to get more attention from the male? Mm. And it, it makes us fight against each other. It makes us do like out of jealousy or competition. That's what I grew up with. And that's what I did when I was in my early 20s, because that was the only thing I knew. Mm. I didn't know about girl power. but I, I mean, like Spice Girls sang about it, but I didn't really know how to apply it. It was very destructive. And now I am just like beginning to experience the immense gift and joy when females stick together not it's not like we're saying oh we hate males no we love males don't get me wrong <laughs> <laughs> i love men mm-hmm. absolutely yeah Amen. but but it's it's not to think that not to fight against each other or, or compete with each other for Man. the attention of a male is it worth it mm. are you like ask yourself like no way i can see it becoming much nicer much more relaxed if there's six females and you have confidence in one another but also knowing that when you're more relaxed your creativity flows so much nicer doesn't it absolutely yeah and and just to add to the point where if you if you ever fight um, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you feel like you're you're fighting against uh, for attention for for a guy with power money then you you, you should say i'm gonna be that guy I'm going to have the power and the money I make and then you and then I would give all of you guys a chance and opportunity. Mm. Doesn't need he doesn't need to be there. I can I can it doesn't have to be a guy. Mm. I can do that. For the you know see it and don't feel like don't feel like oh that's the limitation. Mm. We have to fight for you know this is the power. Be the power, you know. Be the power. Yeah. I think it's so awe-inspiring hearing Momo stand up and be strong and proud of who she is and also be proud of her gender and be proud of her race and that's very very inspiring the female power has led you to form a group so now you guys are forming your own podcast right i'm so excited for this because having four asian female podcasters is it four am i wrong I, I, I can't really say anything <laughs> Okay, sorry. Yeah, because um, I, I haven't really to- told my friends I would talk about it, so I don't want to... Okay, so... But I, they're really chilled anyway, so they're very, just very in case, chilled. you know. They're, they're very, very chilled. Does that mean we're barred from you singing a verse of your rap? Yeah. Can you not rap, like, one bit? Momo, Momo can rap. Like, I'm not even hyping. I'm not even hyping. Momo can rap. I was like, you don't need to sing the whole thing. Just just do it a little bit. And then she went, oh, too shy, too shy, too shy. Off to Momo. Oh, Matt here on the second floor, yo, we're fierce bitches. You need to go around the world, rocket ship just to reach us. From Japan, London, Hong Kong, and Canada. Just so we clear this podcasting all over Asia. That's it for now. Because it would be like... <laughs> <laughs> but mainly everything is for like empowering 
Oman, woman. Woman. And of course, fierce Asian females. Fierce Asian females. We need more of that, I think. Yes, and yeah, like please get in touch. And、mm-hmm. there's no clique, or is that what you call it? Like there's no clique, and all is.、Um, all is welcome. Yeah, all, all is, is welcome. welcome. And because、um, we're all one, and even though、um, different people, like different women, have different like. Opinions of each other or judgment or whatever, like we throw all of that away. Yeah,、Amen. we can just, just um, there's just no judgment, man. Just chill, just, just chill. chill. That's what we say. Just chill. <laughs> I like the community embrace that Momo advocates for, and she's right. In such a time of turmoil and Armageddon-like activity, it's so important to connect, be kind to one another, and also know that as a community we can do more. We can do more to improve the situation with regards to with reference to our previous podcast issues with the coronavirus and the abuse that Asians have gone through, and actually having that unit, knowing that there is someone who. Is sharing the similar experiences to you, and knowing that you're not alone is super duper 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 important. So to end on this beautiful evening, I'd like to say thank you very much, Momo, for having me, having me grill your brains, and also for your inspiring messages. I think you've brought so much goodness to this. We've talked about your empowering women, about empowering Asian female women in particular, and I think there's there's definitely a voice. Definitely a good voice there. So thank you very much, Momo. You're welcome.、And、thank you. No, I'm just being funny, but like,、um, thank you for having me. It's such an honor, and、mm. um, yeah, it's my first、uh, podcast. First podcast, podcast virginity、so, gone. Oh my god, you popped my cherry. She popped the cherry.、Um, Momo wants to leave you one last message. Yes.、Uh, so during these times, just remember to wash your hands, bitch. <laughs> Podcast four will be coming to you soon. Take care, love you all.